Well, good morning. This is, uh, it's always a pleasure to get to, to share with family here today, and uh, I appreciate those that have said, man, you look, you look nice in that jacket. Uh, my son dressed me. <clears throat> uh, six months ago, he was dressing as a homeless kid. Now he has a job at Men's Warehouse, and uh, I get the family discount. So, new jacket for me for Christmas. Thank you, Colby, wherever you are. I don't even know where he's sitting. You over there, bud? There you are. So, uh, you look great. He outdresses me every day now, and, uh, and I don't take it as a challenge. I'm just glad to see him wearing deodorant. So, <laughs> there are many, many wins in my family this week, but, uh, but this is... This is Episode three of our uh, Fear Not series that began a couple weeks ago uh, with Mark uh, talking about uh, Joseph and week two, Brett talked about Mary and the fears that they addressed and, and how the angels always showed up and said, hey, don't be afraid. And we're going to today look at the third group of that, which is the, uh, the shepherds. Those are the, the youth pastors of the story. And so I can relate to them very well. In Luke chapter two, if you want to turn there, that's where we're going to be. But I think for us to fully understand and grasp what was going on at that time, this is a story that's very familiar. It's a story that's told this time of year all the time. But I hope today that we can maybe peel the the veil back just a little bit and see something maybe we haven't seen before or thought about before in regards to this exact story. And the best way to do that is let's go there as closely as we can together. So we're going we're gonna to do that, see what it was like. So lights. Yeah, the clapper. But see, it, it's a starry night. And, and the shepherds were out there hanging out and, and, and figuring out what was the next step for them to do. I think it was a, a dark and starry night. I, I don't know. I don't have the weather forecast for that day, but I do know that it tells us that it was at night, and they were there watching their sheep. Uh, I imagine that they were finally done counting. Are they all here? Are they all here? Are they all here? Like I said, that's a youth pastor. Are they all here? You got to check and count 20 times to make sure they're all there, and maybe they're finally all asleep. You disciple now, host homes, know this. And so are they finally asleep? And they can start talking about maybe the most important topics of the day, who won the state championship, you know, between the Bethlehem Bobcats and the Nazareth Knights playing some game. I don't know. Maybe it was soccer. I don't know. But they were having this conversation, and it finally got quiet. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Wow, what is happening? These shepherds have to be going crazy. Their mind has to be. We've never had the lights this bright on a sunny morning. <laughs> God, you're here. Speak to us. Like, it was, it's crazy for them to feel that. Can you imagine being there? It's finally dark. It's finally quiet. 
Our job's finally done for the night. Except for one who's going to keep watch at night. How lucky is he that he drew the short straw that night, right? This truly was the night before Christmas. And they're there, and what is happening? And, and asking questions, what, what time is it? Why, why is it so bright out here? Where are the sheep, or did any of them run away? Why did I eat those roller things at QT? This is making me see weird things. Who is that? All of the questions that they're having It makes sense that they would do that when you look at it. So I want to just take a minute and kind of unpack that and and understand what's going on. So let's go back and recap what just happened. So lights. There we go. Now we're back to our normal Sunday morning. And we can start over again in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, shepherds are supposed to be the uh, focal point of the story today. This is who we're focusing on. But yet, shepherds, I think we don't fully understand, maybe we do, what they were like then. We see shepherds as young, strong boys with a fluffy little lamb on their neck and walking around saving them. That's not who they were. Like, shepherds were the outcasts. Shepherds were the ones that nobody wanted to be around. The religious saw them as dishonest and unclean according to the standard of the law. They could not do the things that the law commanded that they do, and so they were looked down upon by the religious leaders of the day. Well, socially, they were looked down on. They worked with sheep and smelled like sheep, yeah. Nobody wanted to be around that either. So they were unwelcome. They were socially unclean. They literally spent all their times out in the fields and not with people. They were so untrusted that they were not allowed to give testimony in a court of law because they were considered untrustworthy. Like, they were not these all-stars. They were the outcasts. They were not trusted. They were not highly thought of. So we find them out in this field. In the same region, it says, as Bethlehem. The first seven verses give us the story of Jesus being born. You can read that. Hopefully you will. But, but that sets the tone for this comment that says they in that same region. So Jesus had literally just been born. Like not a few days ago. Like he had just been born. And the angels show up and they tell us that, that he's in this, that they're in this field and that they, there's a child that has been born in the city of David. Here's the thing, it wasn't far. They were in the same region. What, what makes me sad is, is simply this. I think that a lot of times, how many of us are so close to Jesus yet painfully unaware of how close he really is and how he can change our lives? That's what the shepherds were dealing with. They had no idea how close he was and how their life was about to change because they went to Jesus. I I don't want us to miss how that is. They're they're keeping watch over their flock. And I don't know how many were in their flock. I don't know how many sheep were there. There's no record of how many they kept. But we can base on history and look back at things and determine that rightfully so, we can come to the conclusion that these shepherds were watching the sheep that were going to be used for temple sacrifice. The very 
religious leaders that look down upon them because they don't live up to the standard of the law. We don't trust you. You're not trustworthy. But what we will do, we'll let you take care of the sheep that we're going to sacrifice. That seems backwards. Because in order for them to keep the religious law, they counted on the shepherds to protect the sheep and present them pure. Isn't that an interesting thing? So maybe the priests and the shepherds were close to Jesus and didn't even realize it. Don't miss how close he is this Christmas. Don't miss the opportunity to see him. The shepherds had a chance to, but they made a choice. Luke 2, 9, we continue. As the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Filled with great fear. What fills you with great fear? Death? Failure? The diagnosis? I don't know. The day I got diagnosed with cancer, I remember having great fear. There's times in our lives that fill us with great fear. It's, that's, not, that's not specific to these shepherds because it's, it's true for us. But what were they afraid of? When, when it says they were filled with great fear, what, what were they filled with? That's, that's a question that I like to consider and really think through because the obvious answer is they're afraid of this bright angel that showed up and talked to them. Or they're afraid of all of the angels that that showed up. I don't know. And, and probably so. There was a bit of a fear factor of this unknown presence interrupting their routine. Their regularly scheduled programming was completely thrown off that night. Nothing was going to be the same because of this thing that just happened to us. So yeah, that could probably cause fear. I tend to believe that in that moment when angels show up as God's messengers, as we have experiences with God, it's not necessarily the fear of what's happening there. I think that moment exposes the deeper fears that are within. Now we can't hide behind them anymore because God has showed up in the midst of them. I think that the shepherds here in this moment, I think they were suffering from FOMO. That's the fear of missing out. That's what I think. They're outcasts. You're not allowed to participate in society. You're out here in the field all the time. You can't even do your religious duties. They're missing out on everything. Their social media is the same picture. It's just a different sheep every day. Let's take a selfie with a sheep. Everybody else's looks fun. They're doing all these other things and having all this fun, and I'm out here with the dead gum sheep. Like there, there's, there's a fear of missing out in all of that, that, that they were labeled as insif- insignificant untrustworthy, unwelcome, outcast, forgotten, and feared they always would be. I I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I've been forgotten. I'm an outcast. I'm not welcome. Things have changed. I'm now labeled by my sin. I'm labeled by my past. I'm labeled by my regrets. And none of that comes from the Lord. He rejects the labels and reminds us of who we are in Christ. These shepherds have been wearing some labels. They've been wearing things that the culture told them was true about them. But God's about to blow all that up and tell them who they really are. And that's what God does. I think they also suffered from the fear of never being enough. I'll never amount to anything. I'm just a shepherd. I'll never have the success that other people have. 
I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I'll never be smart enough, talented enough, rich enough, skinny enough, a good enough husband or wife, son or daughter, mom or dad. I'm guessing at one time or more in our lives we've had that feeling. Am I enough? Is it ever going to be enough? I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm considering giving up. I'm considering walking away. Gloomy would be a great way to describe what was going on in their world. They had a gloomy existence. And then verse 10 happens. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people, including you guys, including the the shepherds, the new guys, the old guys. We got them all. This is for you too. The angel shows up and says, fear not. One, don't be afraid I'm God's messenger. Two, don't be afraid I'm fixing to rip those labels off of you. I'm about to do something in your life that's going to change the rest of your life. I'm about to eliminate great fear. See, that's what God does. It's not that he just gives us calm in the midst of the fear. He replaces it. He says, I give you good news of great joy. He didn't just offer a a calming moment. He offered a replacement for great fear with great joy. I don't think it's an accident that great describes both of them. Good news of great joy. See, joy is the cure for gloom. Joy is the answer they were looking for. See, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need and when we need it. He knew how the shepherds felt about their life. He saw the gloom and sent the cure for it. Joy. And he sent it through his messengers, which is an incredible thing that he did. And he didn't send them great happiness. I'm going to give you good news of great happiness. Because there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happy is temporary. Joy changes things. Joy brings peace and contentment and hope. See, we're happy when our team wins, right? We're happy when mom cooks exactly what we want for dinner and not what anybody else wants. We're we're happy when the front space at H-E-B opens right as we drive up. Like that's an angelic moment, especially now, right? Or you get exactly what you want for Christmas. Man, that makes me happy. See, but joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Joy doesn't wait to respond to your circumstances. Joy changes you in your circumstances. That's what joy does. It is a quiet confidence even if you don't know how things will work out. Joy changes you when you can't change anything around you. That's good. See, there's a reason that Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not just a feeling. The joy of the Lord is a feeling that gets you through a time. The joy of the Lord is your strength and the strength that we need to overcome whatever the enemy throws at us, whatever life puts in our way, whatever labels try to be stuck on us. C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. (laughs) That's awesome. God takes joy seriously and he gives it abundantly, but we have to be in position to receive it. Now, the shepherds didn't get a whole lot of choice. They were there. Now, what is this good news that will cause this great joy? That's, that's the question, right? The, 
the, the winning the lottery numbers, the, the cure for cancer, the job promotion that we wanted? Is that, is that going to be the, the cure that he has, this good news that he has? No, uh, it's not. Luke 2, 11 and 12 gives us this good news. I'm going to give you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Well, what's the good news? What could possibly be good news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What? We've been waiting for that guy. We've been hoping for that guy. It's been hundreds of years. We've been hoping that would happen. Did he really come? Did he really show up? How do I know it's him? Shepherds, just listen. I got another verse to read. And this will be a sign for you. Oh, okay. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The long-awaited Messiah and Savior is here. He is with us, the gospel in flesh, the hope for the hopeless. It's so much bigger than anything they could have imagined. And it's so much bigger than anything we can imagine. And we imagine some big things. We have a culture that says bigger is better. And God says, let me show you bigger and better. It's going to come smaller. And it's going to come in a powerful way. And I'm going to send you a savior in the form of a baby. Many babies have grown up to be kings. Only one king became a baby. And he came for us. And he sent these angels to give this good news. And I don't know, I guess one angel wasn't enough, which is interesting to me because Zechariah got one angel that showed up and told him the story of John the Baptist being born. And Mary got one angel that showed up and said, hey, you're going to be the mother. You're going to You're going to have the baby Jesus is what you're going to do as a teenage girl. And I don't know, I think Joseph kind of got the raw end of the deal. He only got a dream of an angel. Why don't he get a real one? That just seems unfair. But he gets this dream of an angel that comes and talks to him. And then you have the shepherds, and an angel shows up and says, nah, that's not enough. God says, that's not enough. Let's send all the angels. And he opens the heavens wider than they've ever been opened, pulls back the curtain, and there's this incredible mass choir army of angels standing before them. The outcast shepherds were there. See, because these shepherds, as the youth pastor, see, God shows up big at youth ministry events. That's what happened. Luke 2.13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. These outcast shepherds got a glimpse into heaven like no one else. They got a front row seat for the greatest concert that ever happened. Now, how long was this concert? I don't know. My guess would be it was longer than it took me to read the verse of what they said. My guess is it was a worship service like no other. My guess is they sat there, stood there, looked up there, lights bright in their eyes as the multitude of the angels stood there, their swords flashing, their voices singing loud, right on pitch. I'll never be in the army of that choir ever in my life. But they experienced joy. That's what they experienced. They experienced this joy that God just promised that he was sending, maybe for the first time in their lives. That joy that changes you when you can't change your circumstances. 
That's what was sent in that moment. That's an incredible picture of heaven. This good news of great joy. But joy requires a response. It it requires a response. They were filled with great joy that was replacing their great fear. And as a result, they had to do something. Verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 15, it says what they did. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, man, that was so cool. Did you see that light show? I wish I would have videoed that so I could post it. I guess we should check on the sheep and try to get some sleep, huh? That's not what it says in the scripture. That's not what it says at all. Here's the thing. I feel like too many times we have this encounter with God and we realize that he's closer than we ever thought he could be and he stirs our hearts and it feels different but we decide to go back to what is familiar and easy and predictable and we fail to respond. We check it off as a really cool experience and a story I can tell later and I'll take a picture and post it so it comes up on my memories every year but that's all we want. The memory of what happened instead of the call to action because of what happened. The response is required. It's not supposed to be event-based life. The events fill us up to live the life and life abundantly that God's called us to live. So there's nothing against the events that are there. But if after the event, all we do is go back to our normal, routine, predictable lives, which so often I do on Sunday, because I need to see how good my fantasy team's doing, because I got to catch kickoff, because I'm real hungry. And everything that was just poured out through our pastors, which is incredible, what, what Mark and Brad, they just give us on a regular basis. And I walk out going, good show, good word, good speech. But what's my action item? How's my response to that? See, they knew there was a response required. If you go back to verse 12, when he says, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby. Well, in order to go find something, you got to go looking for it. Man, we're going to go find a baby. I guess we're on a scavenger hunt. Like, they had action items, didn't even realize the action items were there, but by the time verse 15 comes around, they said, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Guys, we got to go. Perry, I know what we're doing today. That's what we're doing. Verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Now Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Look at all the action words that happened. The angels show up. It's an incredible light show, a strong message. Something is different in me. There's a stirring in here. I have hope for the first time. The gloom doesn't seem to be sticking to me anymore. There's joy that I don't understand that is starting to fill me up in this, and I've got to go do something. So let us go. Let us see. We go with haste. Let us find. And they made known. And then they returned, and they glorified, and they praised. Look at all the action items. They had to. They were compelled to take action, to take the next step. 
What is your next step? What is your response to the gospel today? To just go back to the routine? Well, it's too hard. I can't change. It's too bad. There's nothing too big for our God. Nothing. You're not defined by your circumstances, but you get to choose your attitude in the midst of it. Will you choose joy? Because you've been given that as a gift. I give you good news of great joy that will be for all people and also all generations. That same good news is for us, and that same good news gives us that same great joy. Do you need to receive it today? Have you stepped into a relationship with this Savior? Have you ever come face to face with God and said, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Sin has kept me from you. And I know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, born this day, God with us. If you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, today's your day. That is the greatest gift you can receive this Christmas. And I pray that you would. So what are some of our takeaways? When the shepherds were stuck in their gloom and could not get out, think about that. They, they were stuck in this. It was a same old, same old life routine. And we're stuck. We'll never get out of this. Probably feeling sorry for themselves. Being the victim. Woe is me. Right? I've done that a million times in my life. And the shepherds were right there with that. And when they couldn't get out, God broke in. He ripped the sky open, he broke in and said, I am with you. I am not against you, I am for you. You are not gonna be defined by those labels that you've been living under. I got something better, come and see. Come and see. He replaced great fear with great joy. Now in, the, in those times and, and days, um, there was an interesting thing that went on that we don't really do the same now. But in those days when you had a child, if you had the means, if you had the money to be able to do it, you would hire a herald, not a guy named Harold, different story. You, you would hire a herald, a word we don't use a whole lot anymore, it's kind of a newspaper term almost. But a herald is someone who was paid to go and share good news. A herald had important things to say, and when you would hire one to go do that, when you had a child, and they would usually send that herald to the elite. Go to the religious leaders, they're important. Go to the political leaders, they're important. Go to the wealthy, they're important. And go and tell of how great my child is. We've had a son, we've had a daughter. Now, we don't do that anymore. Now we do it on Facebook. And we do, that's how we do it. And we have blue and pink balloons. And we, like, that's how we do that now. Those are our heralds. But, but they would send a herald out there. Here's what's the cool thing to me about all this. God sent a herald. But he didn't send a herald to the religious leaders. He didn't send a herald to the political leaders. He didn't send a herald to the richest neighborhood in town. He sent a herald to the outcasts. He sent a herald to the least of these to proclaim the story of his son being born, the greatest birth that would ever occur. And the outcasts and the unimportant ones were the ones that were there. But, but then he didn't just send one herald. He sent all his heralds. All of his heralds is what he did. And that's, that's where the carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, comes from. That's where it comes from. It's so much more important than Twas the Night Before Christmas. No, no. The important thing is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. 
It would be awesome if our band would sing that today. That would be cool. Let me throw that on you. But as the shepherds responded to the gospel, it says they returned glorifying and praising God. They went back to their Monday job with a Sunday attitude. They went back to their Monday routine with a Sunday song in their heart. See, we've got to carry from here what we hear. Not Alan's words, God's word. We hide that in our heart so we don't sin against God. We hide it in our heart because it gives us great joy. And we have the ability to share that great joy with other people. That's the opportunity that we have. People even started to listen to this amazing story and it made them wonder. These shepherds who weren't allowed to speak because you're untrustworthy. We don't believe what you have to say. All of a sudden hear this story and go, hmm, that's amazing. You have a story to tell. Will you go tell it? Will you go tell it this Christmas? Will you invite someone Christmas Eve? Invite someone Christmas Day? And I don't even mean necessarily to our church. How about into your life, into your story? See, the, the shepherds went back. They were no longer forgotten, but welcomed into the innermost circle. Even in their gloomy circle, they were different. Their work had not changed, but they had joy. Their social status had not changed, but they had joy. Their location had not changed, but they had joy. Their earthly future had not changed, but they had joy. Who in your circle needs to hear some great joy? Maybe it's you. These shepherds were so compelled, they had to go get closer to Jesus. Are you compelled to get closer to Jesus today? Tomorrow? Are we more compelled by how many gifts are under the tree than the greatest gift that was given? I don't say that to put shame or guilt on you. I say it to challenge our hearts. Because this night was the most spectacular night. God with us. In flesh. See, not, not everyone gets an angel. We're hearing the stories this month. Not everyone gets an angel, but everyone gets a shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. And he takes care of us as sheep. And he knows we're going to be knuckleheads sometimes. And he keeps loving us. Let's embrace who we are and know that the labels of what the world says don't need to stick. But what God says is what we need to stand on. The truth of who we are. We're not outcasts. We're not unwelcome. His arms are open to love you if you'll let it. So I'm going to ask you to do what you need to do to take whatever that next step is. If it's meet Jesus for the first time, let's talk. There'll be plenty of people up here to pray with you. If it's to confess and repent some sin, let's get rid of that stuff. Let's leave it here. Don't take it home. If it's the next step of obedience, I'm a Christian now. Well, have you been baptized? Like, is that a step you need to take? We're doing it. January 29th. You got time. Is it to say, you know what? I'm going to ask forgiveness for something I've had pride about. I'm going to extend some forgiveness from someone that hurt me. I'm going to give myself the gift of forgiveness. Whether they're sorry for what they did or not, I will forgive them and not let it have the front space in my head anymore. Maybe it's that Bible reading plan that you're going to stick to because you're going to hide God's word in your heart. I, I don't know what your next step is, but I'm telling you there is one. Because when we're done with steps, God brings us home. So keep taking steps. Keep responding to the joy of 
the good news. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you so much that a group that the world thought was worthless and outcast is who you sent your herald to. And then you took that title yourself and said, I am a shepherd and gave it value for eternity. God, I pray that, that we would respond today. Whatever that step is, come to know you for the first time, confess, repent, pray for someone. Maybe there's a person that's on our mind right now that we know they could use some joy right now. And I, I can't write them a check, but I can sure tell them about Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us the boldness to take that step, to go and tell a Savior who's been born for all people. No one's disqualified. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand, that would be awesome. And you can respond however you need to respond. But let's respond to what God says.